Owen Schmidt, like a runaway beer truck down the sidelines. Greer lobs it in the air. Oh, what a catch, Gary Jennings. Touchdown, West Virginia. Left, still running back there, plenty of time. And now the clock down to 15. He throws in the end zone. It's intercepted by Brian King. Brian King intercepted the football with 12 seconds to go. The West Virginia Mountaineers have shocked the number 12-rated Hokies of Virginia Tech. Pat White under center, takes the snap, takes a knee, and Georgia is defenseless. The West Virginia University Mountaineers have come into Atlanta, Georgia, and they have captured the 72nd Sugar Bowl with an incredible 38-35 victory over the Georgia Bulldogs. It is a great night to be a Mountaineer wherever you may be. Welcome back to the final drive, the post-game from Kansas edition. I am your host, Hank Steinmiller, joined by my co-host, Jake Thomas. What up, what up? So, we just got done Saturday beating Kansas 38-17. to Probably should have been 38-10, to but a late kickoff return for a touchdown really swayed some uh, some bets there. But you got what, where, what did you take away from that? Uh, I was going to, first of all, I was going to say, depending on where you got it, because that line did move. I, I ended up getting it at 20 and a half, so yeah. I still didn't have to worry about it too much. But some people lost out because of that. Yeah, if you got it early, then you definitely lost out on it because I think it opened at 22 and a half. Yeah, but, uh, but my main takeaway was the defense really did everything they were supposed to. The defensive line played really well. The Some guys, uh, names that you aren't used to seeing make that big of an impact. The offense still has a lot of work to go to be able to compete in the Big 12. But we'll take a win against Kansas, fix some things this week, and hopefully be able to go out and beat the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Yeah, um, I agree. Defense did what it was supposed to do, what we expected it to do. The offense just seems to the, – the scary part about the offense is it seems every single week it's a different group that struggles more than another one. The only consistent play that we've gotten all year is from Letty Brown, who had his career day on Saturday. I agree with that. You never know which group is going to let you down, and sometimes it's one of the three between receivers, linemen, and quarterback play. You never know which of the three or the combination of the three are going to let you down. Right. And Jared Deggie played better. Um, Stats look better probably than he actually did play. He is missing a lot of throws that he probably should have been able to make, but I'll give credit to Kansas defense. They brought heat and they knew what what was going to slow that offense down even a little bit. I know stats show that that didn't slow the offense down, but they were bringing blitzes. Deggy was looking rattled for probably a good two and a half quarters of that game and not making easy throws that he needs to make. So credit to the Kansas defense for doing that early. It wasn't wasn't their best performance, but they definitely jumbled up our offense early. That definitely is something that every team is going to bring now with all the tape that is out on West Virginia now. The, you see when whenever teams pressure, it really messes with everything this team wants to do. I think the best, uh, best that they've had this year is when teams go into zone. I think they do find some things there 
at least from what I saw uh, throughout the a little bit of the third and fourth quarter, whenever Kansas dropped back into a zone, they were able to find some open holes. But if you press up on the receivers and bring pressure, there really isn't much that this offense can do unless Letty Brown can break one. Kansas wasn't bringing anything complex defensively. They weren't running any stunts up front. It was straight blitzes. You got this gap, you got this gap, you got this gap. And Zach Frazier a couple of times got absolutely bull rushed right into Deggie, who had less than three seconds, probably less than two seconds to even get rid of the ball. I do expect that a little bit from him, though. He he is the guy on the line that is the true freshman. So you want to see growth from him every, every week. But if he has some of those moments he just gets fooled and I, I'm going to live with that I expect more from some of the upperclassmen that could be a little more experienced at this point yeah it seems that the corners of that offensive line kind of bend too much you want to create that pocket but it's almost like they create a circle where Deggy can't even escape backwards he just gets collapsed it's it's not really a collapse I wouldn't call it that I mean there's a few times where the guards like especially Frazier Frazier did struggle it was I haven't seen it as bad in the other games, but he did struggle to pick up the blitzing linebackers. It wasn't as much the guy right in front of him. It's blitzes that he's struggling to pick up. Um, I wish it wasn't every time, but it pretty much was. But even on the corners, it, it just seems like it's not a full collapse, but it just gives Deggy very little room to maneuver. And I think that's what he does well. He, he does move his feet well. In the pocket is what we saw at the end of last year. Kendall was more of like a one, one to two check kind of guy and get the ball out. Deggy kind of extended plays a little bit more last year. I think that's what he added to the end of that season. You can definitely tell he wants to move in certain directions, and uh, the pocket just isn't like kind of like what you said. It's not the shape that he wants to be able to when when plays break down. He can't move to his spot that he wants to because there's a lineman right in his face. Yeah. And another thing I noticed offensively, not only are the receivers not getting open and can they not catch the ball? Sam James, three drops in the first half. They aren't recognizing blitzes. So when, when they're out there and they know they got, they should know they have man on man coverage or should, defense is showing blitz and that guy goes, they're not looking for the football. It should be as simple, as simple as that. You're, your receiver look for look to your quarterback to help him out with a blitz especially if you know the offensive line's not not doing well um that's a simple plug in place throw the ball where the blitz came from they can't cover it that quick so that definitely stuck out to me too i I did notice that a few times where a blitzer came and i feel like our receivers throughout uh the past few years they they noticed that uh, I don't know if it's football IQ or what it is, but we had guys that just knew where to be at when plays broke down. Yeah, I, I might be a little bit of the different system there too, because I think I feel like Holgerson always had an underneath route, no matter what. It seems like on Brown's um, his his offensive philosophy is more of the, like the concept routes, and every, every route's really a concept, but he likes to throw the ball to the flats a lot. There's not much underneath or over the middle that you see. And I think when we do do that, that's our best passing scenario. That's where we've done the most damage against Oklahoma State, against Baylor, things like that. Not throwing the ball to the outside. Uh, Brown's really taken the like take a shot approach and then get the ball to the uh, sideline. And not so much the dink and dunk underneath kind of stuff. Yeah, you're, you're definitely right on that. So maybe 
as the season goes along, he'll notice that the middle of the field is open. Uh, get a, get someone there just as at least you can still run your routes on the outside, but have somebody in the middle, whether it's a tight end, slot receiver, somebody there to go to in, in, uh, when that's not there. He could be covering up um, different things in his offense that he knows won't work, though, too, because that, that is the more dangerous throw to throw it over the middle. Whether he doesn't trust the receivers, doesn't trust the quarterback completely, he may be covering up some shortcomings of that offense that way. I'm not exactly sure, but it does seem that when we do throw in that wrinkle that we'll throw the ball over the middle, it, it really exposes some defenses that they're not expecting it. So I hope to see some of that going forward a little bit more, whether it's from the backfield or just an underneath receiver. But I I would say we need to get receivers before maybe start worrying about that because they still don't look good. Yeah, we, we've been pretty tough on the receivers and they deserve a lot of it. But the one thing I noticed, at least that I wrote down while I was watching, I was impressed with how well they blocked. There were a lot of plays that made it to the outside and they helped uh, extend plays uh, for more yards uh, by really, really blocking downfield, opening up some holes. Yeah, yeah. And th- again, with blocking the offensive line, it was really just pass protection that it wasn't good in. The, the run blocking was pretty well. I mean, you run for 226 yards, your run blocking was pretty good. And we're starting to see that most of that, the good runs, are coming from, I wouldn't even say, I mean, you can call it in between the tackles, but it's mostly off the guards and inside of that. Yeah, Letty Brown will bounce it outside, but the the point of those, the starting point of those runs are for him to squeeze a hole there. He may search really, for another one, but... It's right up the middle. Just give him the ball and let him push his way through, and then he, he does extend by going to the outside every once in a while, but he really is just dominating uh the line of scrimmage every game now yeah uh the percentage breakdown of the runs on saturday it was like 96 percent of the rush yards came from the center to the left of the line that there's basically virtually nothing coming from the right side in the run game which i believe was one of the points out of that oklahoma state game was the right side of the offensive line was not doing very well yeah, uh, I agree. So I don't know if you maybe make a switch with Frazier. I know he struggled a little bit, but saw on the depth chart, Gamitter's back. So maybe he's listed as the backup on the left side right now. But if he's good to go, maybe you give him a shot at the right side. Maybe uh, you want to get some continuity in there, get guys playing same position a couple games in a row here. But still isn't completely figured out so maybe that's something you go with with him healthy now the freshman looking like he can play that left side pretty well yeah uh, whatever it may be i know that it's been reshuffled this might be the only i mean even this week we still had a new left tackle but this was probably the closest we've been to re redoing the line week after week at the same having the same line starting lineman at least so offensively didn't look great stats wise it looks better than it really was um the the very concerning part for that offense is how they disappear for times um there's times where they can move the ball for three four drives in a row and then they'll disappear for five six drives and that's just not 
we need to be able to get to a point where they can they can consistently do it. That's that's really what we're searching for is consistency offensively. You're right there. Uh, I actually I missed the second and third quarters and had to go back and watch uh, some of that today. And that was a second and third quarter was a whole different game from the fourth. They just looked like a completely different team. And that's just something that can't ha- happen. Can't go missing for quarters at a time. Right. Whether it be dumb mental penalties that should be cleaned up by now, we're going on to game five. Then the penalties and turnovers almost killed us. Well, we didn't have a turnover in the first quarter, but the dumb penalties almost, I mean, put us in a hole, a 10 nothing hole. So getting those cleaned up and just making the plays when needed, then it'll look much better. It'll look cleaner. Maybe give the offense more time to gel. Defensively, exactly what we expected or what we've come to expect. It was complete domination, and honestly, you can probably argue that two of those touchdowns probably shouldn't have happened because Fortune should have squeezed that route he undercut, and one touchdown was on the special team. So looking at more of a 38 to, I mean, let's call it six or nine at worst. And really, the field goal to start the game, too, uh, that was... Set up um, by a turnover. Yeah, set up by the turnover. So you really have a defense that pitched they, a shutout really, for all yeah, intents they, and purposes. Yeah, it seventeen points on the scoreboard when you look back at it, but if you really dive into the game, the defense didn't allow anything. Kansas looked lost on offense all day. Luca, I think, had twenty one yards, uh, twenty somewhere around there on eleven carries. He, so he didn't really contribute much on that side he had three three or four catches yeah so you really took their best player out of the game until he returned the kick which uh, brings back to the special teams that is still garbage so that's all we have to say about special teams but defensively correct we did exactly everything we needed to we knew we knew it wasn't a obviously a great kansas offense but they do have a few players that can play. You still had to show up. You still had to do everything right. And the defense just showed that they're they're going to show up no matter what. They're going to try to will this team to victory every single game. Might be an unpopular opinion, but the best unit on this defense, this isn't the unpopular opinion. The defensive line is obviously the best unit on this, the best position group on this defense. But in my opinion, I I think they've underperformed this year. I think that they definitely can play better. This is a game that you're going to look back and see the stats, two and a half sacks by Mesidor, two and a half pa- sacks by Puller. But it is Kansas. You you still you still want to see that line getting... In a game like this, you should see pressure every single play be in the backfield all day long. I do think that there are times where maybe they look like they gave up a big play by opening up a hole. I think they do run a bunch of stunts that sometimes if you call it at the wrong time, it's just the a perfect play call is going to open up a big hole for running back. I think that plays into it a little bit that when you see that play, you want to blame the line. But I think they can still 
bump it up a notch to a different level. Yeah, it, I, it's not the same levels that we quite saw from the last couple weeks or midway through to the end last year from uh, Darius Stills in particular. He has he's played well, but I've expected better, and I don't know if he's getting frustrated with the extra attention that is brought to him with people knowing him now or what, but it just seems that sometimes he's he's just kind of not there. And it's not that they're playing bad, they're just not playing as good as I expected. When you look at the other two levels, I think with how well those two levels are playing, it kind of you you expected the line to be the best of the three levels. And really it's more of a level playing field across the whole field. So could play into that, that just everyone on the defense is stepping up. But I agree with you that Darius, I'm not sure what it is. It, there is something, whether it's extra attention on him or what, but with how Mesidor and Puller are playing, and even Dante is playing well also, I think teams are going to have to take less focus on him really game plan for the rest of the line. So maybe that opens him up in the second half of the season. I'm wondering if they might have changed some sort of philosophy there too with knowing that the defensive line is going to get some extra attention, that they're more just gap integrity guys now and the linebackers are cleaning up because of those 11 or 12 tackles for loss we had on Saturday, a lot of them were made by the linebackers. So that that kind of shows you that they're the line's doing their job, but they're not showing up on the stat sheet and the linebackers are finally making the plays that maybe they couldn't have made in years past. So maybe it's just not showing up on the stat sheet, but there's also something to the eye a little bit that the defensive line could be playing just a little bit better. It's hard to complain about the number one defense in the country, statistically, but... We're definitely nitpicking here with things like this, but as you get into that gauntlet later on in the season, they're going to need to be number one unit on the field yes exactly this isn't going to stay the number one defense statistically in the nation the coming weeks that it will get tested and it could come next week to be honest as early as next week so to this point west virginia yes they're three and one and yes statistically they have the best defense in the country giving up just over 240 yards on average they are giving up somewhere around 18 points a game but it hasn't been that tough of a schedule yet. So we're going to figure out in the next three weeks what this defense is truly, truly made of. I don't expect a huge drop-off, but there will be some drop-off. Yeah, especially if the offense continues to struggle when you go up against some of these better teams. If they have to be on the field for longer, they're going to be. there's just definitely going to be breakdowns. So you can't expect this defense to hold things together against some of these teams that we're going to be playing coming up. Yeah, with higher-powered offenses. I will say, even with the offensive struggles last week, you brought up a good point with the defense being on the field longer. That can go both ways. So, ironically, most of that game on Saturday, even though we had given Kansas two early great field position drives and we turned the ball over, we had outplayed them by about double the plays that they had put on offense. So even though the defense may be on the field again or quicker, 
they can get right back off if they're that good. So it's That's it's true. a double-edged sword there. It may not be as as much as people may think, but definitely with these better offenses, you're not going to have as many three and outs as Kansas has or as many stalled drives that quickly. So I, I'll be curious to see in the next – probably three weeks is, is a good um, a good test there exactly how good this defense really is. I, I believe it will finish in the top two of the Big 12, but I, I want to see if it can finish in the top 10 in the country. That's That's really going to show something. Either way, they could still play at this same level, and they're going to drop a little bit because more teams enter the mix this week nationally. Uh, it would still be pretty great adding the Big Ten in to still have them in the top ten in the country. But, yeah, I think top two in the Big 12 is really the expectation that we should set. Yeah. And this offense just continue to grow because if this defense stays where it's at, it's it's going to be a good year. So if this offense can continue to grow and just cut down on the mistakes, that's the disappointing part. And probably the biggest takeaway from this Kansas game is the mistakes weren't cleaned up from the Baylor game. There were a lot of mistakes in the Baylor game. We had a week off, and you still had the mistakes in the Kansas game. Still false starts. Uh, so a bunch many. of just d- dumb penalties. That It should be cleaned up at this point. It seems like every week we're just repeating ourselves. We don't want to keep doing that, so get it figured out. Mental mistakes themselves, I think it doesn't matter. You've all played football long enough that that first game is probably the only game as a coach I would give up or be kind of lenient with false starts and mental mistakes that lead to penalties. But you're you're all in college at this point. You've played football for most of you probably seven, eight, nine, ten years. It's the same rules. You can't make the mental mistakes. Yeah, the, there was one that had me fuming at the end of the first half that I forget if it was Sam Brown or, uh, John, or Sean Ryan. But I don't know why it said Sam Brown, but uh he just didn't get lined up. There, I think they tried to bait Kansas off sides, and they reset the play. He just walked out to his other position. Yeah, outside. Like, what are you doing? There's forty seconds left in the half. Yeah. Just get to your spot and be ready. He had another one, too. I'm not sure if it was a, a late hit. of some sort of extracurricular activity, I believe. I could be wrong on he that. Had, but. Uh, no, he had a 15-yard penalty for pulling some, someone off a pile. That's what it was. Which I that honestly was... didn't know that was a rule. I I might have in the back of my brain, but even I, even though they should know, I think that's one of those points of emphasis that 
within the last couple of years, they've tried to call that more. Yeah. Either way, you should know. So, leave those things alone. You can't, shouldn't hurt your team with mental mistakes. Yeah. So, next week at Texas Tech, odd start time, 5.30. So, we'll see what this team is made of. You got any other points you'd like to make or anything that stuck out to you, Jake? Um, yeah. Uh, not that I can think of. We'll we'll be back here later on in the week to break down Texas Tech. But other than that, I think we can put this Kansas book and or Kansas game in the books. Yeah, good performance all around. Most of it. Um. And we'll fly out to Lubbock, see what we can do. Like Jake said, we'll be back later in the week with some pregame of that and some some more gambling gambling picks for you. That hopefully this week will be better than the last couple, but. You can find me on Twitter at Hank underscore Notton Jr. and the Instagram at SteinMiller03. Jake, want to plug your stuff. And you can find me everywhere at JTZ4. Check out SportShift Media. Also on all platforms, and by all platforms, I believe I mean Twitter, Instagram, is Twitch set up? Twitch is set up, so it, we could start seeing could some there. stuff on there okay. as early as this week. Check out CRM Sim Racing also. YouTube and Twitch will be doing stuff Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. We got races going on, so come hang out with us. Check us out there. Um, other than that, shake and bake.